0: Welcome to the Cult of Comics. I'm your host, Tyler. Today, I'm joined by my usuals. Unfortunately, I'm joined by T-Daddy and Cornhusker123. How you guys doing? Yeah, unfortunately is right. I don't want to be here. I, hate I know colors. you don't.
1: Well, I kind you of make want it very apparent. Here. No, you don't. You're my, you're you my want to be connection... here as much as you
0: want to finish reading Deep Beyond.
1: Yeah, I'm you're my connection to the outside world, guys. I don't get Who's to... Dave? Huh? Dave's he not here, man. The one, who found the, the one who created the podcast.
0: Oh, shit. I forgot. Yeah.
1: Oh, that was serious. Our founder. Yeah, I'm
0: not joking. <laughs> I have a friend named Dave. I was like, how do you know Dave? I'm like, you don't know Dave. We all know Dave. I was really confused. Yeah, no, I, I can honestly forgot about that. I, I'm not even joking. Like, My brain is like, goodbye. Who cares? Yeah, move on. It's
1: been a long week at Monday. Uh, well,
0: we kind of had to move... Uh, days from Sundays to Mondays here in order to make things work a little bit more. Because Sean keeps using work as an excuse to not do things and not spend mm-hmm. time with his comic friends. And, yeah, I'm gonna have know, to come hang up with another excuse now.
2: Unfortunately like associates you oh, could say how, that how, how just, does
0: once a month sound? You could just start totally. like making up excuses of being like some really just extravagant like, oh I'm hanging out with Liam Gallagher.
2: Yeah, me and Liam, good old drinking buddies we are.
0: The, oh, come on, he's not a drinking buddy, he's a
2: Coke buddy. I think he's quit drugs now. He's just very. No,
0: fuck off with that. It's Liam Gallagher. You know that he's doing bumps in the bathroom and in the kitchen and on the ceiling.
2: Yeah. Nah. Like in the nineties, he did a lot of drugs, but I think he's just mainly been a drinker.
1: You know, we have our I own. I don't think he's ever,
2: I don't think he's ever had like actual substance abuse issues.
0: Just uh, he, he does the rock not that thing he'd tell you. Drugs. True. That you obviously haven't seen the interview with him with. uh Um. No. Shit! What's his name? The, the no the uh, oh, Australian comedian. I can't think of his name now. I don't know. God, he has his own show on Comedy Central. He did the gun skit. Jim Jeffries. Oh, Jim Jeffries loves Oasis and he loves Liam
1: Gallagher. Yeah, good taste. Okay. Yeah, you know we have our own Anyways. Gallagher and he smashes watermelons.
0: <laughs> oh man, that guy's. I, it was so irrelevant. When (laughs) my parents first explained who that guy was to me, I'm like, why is that important? Like, just to smash his watermelons. Oh, wow.
1: It's funny. You get the audience.
0: I guess. Yeah. So, if you've never been on the show before, this is the Cult of Comics Podcast. We are a comic book media format podcast where we talk about comic book related things such as movies, films, um, audio, you know, radio broadcasts. I guess movies and films are the same thing. Uh, but most importantly, we're going to talk about uh, comic books, and this is going to be our comic book club uh, round of conversation about the things that we read this yeah. week. And our the first, first story about, is Tyler's ass. It's okay. Uh, they removed all the polyps. They said I don't have cancer. This is good. Uh, I'm pretty young to have that. I'm 30 years old. Uh, they did say just stop putting light bulbs in there, though.
1: Yeah, and then smashing them.
0: Well, I. So the thing is, like, when I went into the doctor's office, I thought it would be really funny where if I had a light bulb in my butt and they took an x-ray, they would say, does he have an idea?
1: Oh, man, I've never heard that
0: joke before. Yeah, you have. What joke? Which show is that from? I forget. Scrubs. Scrubs? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways. Oh, God, that's a throwback about... now and not, you know, relevant I know, to our I time. It. Like 2002, well, 2003, probably. You know, when story Sean story was you know, just it's... a wee lad. I've seen Scrubs. Yeah, is it like You're watching Mash that. for you?
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ, man!
2: Well, I say I've seen Scrubs. So I've only seen the most recent season, which was a masterpiece.
1: Oh my God, I hate you! You really that's know how, how to trigger, trigger us, don't that's you? That's
0: sarcasm. That's sarcasm. You just—we
1: <laughs> can't tell. But that's He's why it's British. Specified.
0: He's British. Every single thing he says is basically sarcasm.
2: Now nah, Scrubs is an amazing show.
0: It is a good Did show. You know it's, it's actually apparently
2: yeah i think Are you you're about to say
0: the facts i think so yeah that's the most medically accurate show yeah. <laughs> that yeah they're about to say the same thing get out of me i do yeah. really enjoy house as well though yeah hugh laurie is just ca- amazing in it it went not too really long the last
2: season was shit but like hugh laurie's just great
0: hmm. i do recommend people check out his original show uh hugh and a bit of fry and laurie yeah fry and laurie that's what it was yeah good show um, we're going to talk about Roach Act Number Ten by Tom King and Jorge Fornes. Oh, what I an know. issue! Oh yes.
2: So this I answers just some questions. Put this put, put the my final pieces thumb on the... it. I see what, what? you did there.
1: Because there's a thumbprint. Fuck
0: you! The cover's I hate a thumbprint you. tidy. Fucker. No, fuck you! <laughs> like I didn't pick up on that a, minute, a second ago. Fuck you. Anyways, this is a great issue. And Tom yeah. King has done the normal Tom King thing where he makes you feel like you've got it all figured out around, like, issue 10 or 11, and then last issue you like, ha ah!
2: No, issue 10 you think you've got it all figured out. Issue 11 is always the twist issue.
1: Yeah, we're just and getting it totally figured way. out last today. Yeah. We think we've got it figured out right now.
0: Did Strange Adventures number 10 already come out? Was that the issue that we discovered everything? Yeah, ever that think? was the one where we find out about Adam.
2: But I'm expecting a twist in eleven, like there always is. And yeah, we're this... a twist
0: in this issue. But no, we've still got one big twist coming. Yeah, because he's looking at the uh, the the detective has been going around collecting fingerprints. Remember, because he one yeah. found that uh, the safe with the bottle, yeah, with the bottle, in and it. as soon as yeah, they yeah. Go,
1: you know go like what four or five pages later, and there's all those beer bottles that they keep showing. I'm like, this is gonna be, this is where it's gonna connect right here. Um. But you gotta remember,
2: to... we're still we've still got that plot thread from issue one of um, Walter Kovacs' fingerprints were found. Oh, gun. all the bullets. Right, were... right. So how does the
0: original Warshak tie into all this? So, hmm, this has been a really interesting series in the first place. Uh, I mean, it, take away Frank Miller writing his own dialogue, take away. The basis of the story in itself, which is that uh, a new Rorschach has popped up and has tried to commit assassination. I mean, just the way that the story has been told has been
1: very unique. It's, it's a not great really political thriller. Yeah, I mean, it could it would, could be, be a thing. standalone B movie thriller, political thriller.
0: I'm actually reminded of the Manchurian Candidate a little yeah. bit, I... only in the sense of like the tense. Uh, the tension that's put into this and the, you know, secret reveals and everything—it's not so much the mind control aspect, obviously, but I do really enjoy how these characters are written. Like the reveal from the last issue about the body really has made me wonder what was going to happen next, and now yeah. that revelation in this issue has—that is a hanging thread. Yeah, what happened and didn't... why? Yeah, well, why? It I happened. actually didn't expect it to be so easy. I mean, realistically, I, I mean it really, Tom King worked in the CIA so he knows how easy it is to just get access to some of these people and talk to them and say hey did I know you he see the Tom
2: King's is. cameo in this issue mm who is he the issue the page where we're seeing the flashbacks about guys like military career and stuff mm. and we see the guy stood under like the two swords in Baghdad yeah it looks alarmingly like Tom King
1: oh okay okay nice.
2: It also looks like the main character from Sheriff of Babylon. Oh you know what, I could see that. Okay, that makes sense. Like the hair's completely different and just looks it just looks like Tom King. What are you doing?
0: Get out of here. Got wild animals hanging out at my feet, sorry. Uh I really wanna know I don't so, see so have you seen
1: uh have you read Sheriff of Babylon? Not yet. No, I read the... What was that? A free comic book day issue? hmm I think that with Sheriff of Babylon, a lot of it was very straightforward,
0: but it also had a lot of tension uh, that felt very high-paced, but it, there was never any moment in the storyline where you're like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. Um... With this book, I would say that he has really strengthened his storytelling experience of making you want to guess and ask questions about what's going on and delivering it in such a way that is strongly believable. Whereas, you know, in a lot of his earlier stuff, it's a little bit more loose. It still makes sense, but it's a lot more up in the air. This feels like solid plot, story point. Here's the next bit of information. Yeah, we we've, we've followed
2: the case from point A to B. Yeah, to see. We're seeing some solid it, it detective set, work It didn't set up a load in the first issue And then we've been answering questions for the rest of it We followed uh, this case linearly As the detectives followed the clues From place to place Yeah, Eventually piecing it all together in this issue
0: Yeah I I praise it I, I mean there's nothing else that I can really say about it outside of that Um I, I will say that there was one point Where I felt like I was getting a little Lost with the over explanation Um it's a pretty simple concept of just finding somebody who used to work for the service or redford and then getting the vip badges Mm -hmm. that part was pretty easy to follow i think that just the overly like wordiness of it was a little bit uh it took me out of it for just a split second but i also have adhd so you know take that with a grain of salt
2: the issues are very dense and wordy and yeah i do find myself losing focus while reading it sometimes
0: I definitely still hold it as high-tier art forms. Yeah, it It is very well written.
2: It's just my
0: lack of focus. Yeah. you It's... (laughs) It's still really enjoyable. I'm really hoping that this is going to pay off in the end. Because I enjoyed Heroes in Crisis all the way until the last issue. Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy Heroes in Crisis at all. The issue where he had the caveman writing the uh, mammoth speaking about Shakespeare... That was a good issue. I loved that. There were good that was bits of my in it, things. but on the
2: whole... Like, in issue two, Harley Quinn takes down the Trinity.
1: hmm
0: Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. So, somebody made an interesting point uh, about Heroes in Crisis that I've been thinking about ever since I read... I, now, ever since ever since then, I read a Tom King book and I think about this, which is... Heroes in Crisis was a weird way of telling that story... And maybe that was Tom King writing about his uh, trauma in the form of Wally is a good person who did a bad thing. It was accidental. He did it because of uh, an anxiety attack or PTSD or what have you. Yeah. And that actually caused... Get, I
2: get what he was trying to do, but the fact that Tom King had to get told which characters he was allowed to use for the story. Yeah. Just kind of...
0: It, it lets you know about like where it's if you it, don't let it a wasn't, person...
2: Like, he even said Dan Didio was the one who told him to turn it into a murder mystery. Really?
0: Before, I didn't know Before,
2: it was going to be a Black Label series exploring superheroes' mental health at a rehab center. And then Dan, and Di- Dan Didio was like, oh, let's make it a murder mystery, and you can use Wally West as the murderer.
0: <laughs> That's weird. I wonder if Dan Didio just really hates some of these, like, sidekick characters. Are You're you... looking at me like I'm crazy. Are you serious? no I was sarcastic man I mean how much how much lo- how much stuff out there is there about uh, Dan Didio ha- hating Nightwing and Wally yeah. West and- I, there's <laughs> a
2: um, on Reddit in the DC Comics subreddit there's a user called uh, Super Didio Prime and he just <laughs> he goes he goes around shitposting like about all these characters like, anytime there's a post about like oh John Kemp becoming the new Superman him mm-hmm. he like he'd just like comment on it and just like rip into it and like it's so funny <laughs> I'll have okay. to look into that later. Next time I see a comment by him, I'll send you a screenshot, because he's always I like it up. Yeah.
0: I'm wondering what the overarching theme of this book is for Tom King, because this is something that doesn't it's necessarily... It's fiction about killing Trump on the election campaign. <laughs> you could argue that, but I feel like you could also say that this is... Maybe talking about the flaws in the system, about corruption yeah. in the system that he worked he's, for, he's, and he's what he saw. Said, um, when he
2: writes most of his books, it comes from a passion or a personal thing. But like, this book he wrote
0: because he was angry at the system, the political system. I see, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, in that, in that regard, then, what is this collection of Rorschach and the uh, Gunslinger Girl what are they representative necessarily because you've got the crazy fanatic who I, I could see being the everyday man who is raised to believe that conspiracy theories are psychotic whatever and that could be any conspiracy now that could be QAnon, what have you it doesn't necessarily have to be directly indicative of that but what is rorschach in this case specifically with Meyerson, what is he representative of is he just the everyday person who gets overwhelmed and drawn up into the conspiracy that's a question that I have.
1: Some guy that's withdrawn and has gotten fed up? Yeah. I mean, it's a,
0: these aren't necessarily abnormal people, even with her believing that squids are in people's brains. I just think that there's a point to these characters, yeah, and he's I just don't kind know what that of, is yet.
1: You know, withdrawn, but he does have a loyal fan base, so he still kind of communicates with the outside world, but no one really sees him in person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess one of them's kind of a
2: victim of the system who's very jaded at the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, it is like Alan Moore and Steve Ditko, where they've been fucked over by the system so many times. People have made billions of dollars on their ideas, and they're angry at the world.
0: Mm-hmm. With Frank Miller being in it, I mean, he's been an outspoken... Creator who has said that he really despises like how certain things have gone certain ways or when people copy his work or you know whatever he's very openly critical. Meanwhile, he will at the same time produce some of the best DC work you know ever, some of the best Marvel work uh, with Daredevil. He he. Look at me I'm crazy. No, he has done. He doesn't do it anymore. What was the last thing that he made? It was uh, Dark Nights uh, Golden Child. Yes. But that was a fucking great book. I heard bad... I heard extremely mixed things about it. Yeah. Golden Child, to me, was a masterpiece of creativity that is the essential best of Frank Miller. All of the worst parts of things that he's done, not a single bit of it was in there. Okay. Superman Year One was terrible. That was fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there I There was, I like, remember.
0: unnecessary, like, rape, and then there was, like, him fucking a mermaid. Dark Knight Master Race was
1: fine but I feel like that was more Brian Azzarello than Frank Miller. I remember Golden Child being very wordy.
0: I didn't mind it. I feel like the dialogue made sense for the characters, uh, and Batman, Batman wasn't necessarily in it. Uh, Mm. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was really awesome. Um, And I also really liked the little Easter eggs that were in it. Mm. Um, Sorry, we're going a little long on this. If you guys want to move along, we can. Where do we
2: think Walter Kovacs fits into this? Our our theories before the next issue answers the question.
1: If we're going by uh, this being a remix with the TV show, uh, then instead of being vaporized, he was only teleported somewhere. So he's been in hiding for 35 years or whatever. But is he the kind of person to go into hiding? I mean, he's like a homeless dude. He's just crazy. He's like, ah, if, you know, if he can do this to me, I got to stay under the radar. But how would he forget who he was? I mean, I don't think he's forgotten who he was. I don't think Will Meyerson is is Walter Kovacs. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking then.
0: With the fact that this detective was hired by the Turley campaign to look into this, and Turley being crazy, and the connection between Turley and Comedian, there has to be something there that says that if he suspects that the Turley campaign actually was responsible for the hiring, what if it was a setup to uh, a scapegoat? What if he hired Meyerson uh, and the girl, like somehow like moved the chess pieces along to make them. Do an assassination attempt on Turley in order to yeah. get uh, sympathy yeah, for both that's, and yeah. to move the campaign along.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, they saw an opportunity yeah. to gain that advantage. Like, oh, <sighs> we got some useful idiots right here that we can use to almost assassinate me. Yeah. Right like,
2: they would have assassinated him. They spent months perfecting that shot, and the only reason they missed was because they got stopped by the police. Well, who knows? Maybe secretary. if he you know...
1: I mean, they're taking shot at his heart not his head you know yeah what if he you know is like oh i'll just wear you know some body armor or something thought or we just expect her to miss we don't expect her to actually be able to hit take that calculated risk that was the thing i was curious about did she actually end up firing i don't remember what happened in the
0: first issue she did she fire
2: and she only grazed him i think That's weird, because someone who's that talented of a shooter shouldn't miss. But it's because the police were, like, shooting at her and, like, knocking down the door and stuff at that time. Right. Right. I mean, we know that she shouldn't miss. And Will Myerson had just... Will Myerson was shot before the assassination attempt as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I think. I'm gonna have a look back at issue one and answer this question.
0: There's also the question of why did they shoot the guy from the service? I can't remember his name. Um, Oats. They shot him at the farmhouse. Oats.
1: Yeah, there's a page later on where he's driving to take the badges to them, and then like the bottom panel of that page is back at the airport, and I don't know what that's supposed to mean.
0: Hmm. I feel like he knew that they were going to be scapegoats and knew how this was going to pay off, oh, and he they went might to warn them.
2: They might have died before they got shot off. To be honest. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, it doesn't look like he's been shot.
0: I think that. The secretary and Oates both knew that this was a setup, and I think that that was why the secretary made the call. I think that she killed herself because Oates got killed by them, and they wanted to follow through with the plan, even though they knew that they were
1: scapegoats. I don't think he would have gone through all that trouble to get them the uh, badges then. No, that's what I'm saying. I think that he was hired by the
0: Shirley campaign to do so. I think that who, he just regretted who he? it later on. Oates? Oates.
1: Okay. So, oh, it's decided, oh, no, we probably shouldn't do this.
0: uh, Like, he maybe developed a relationship with them, and maybe he regretted it, or something. But there has to be a reason why. Or maybe the girl just thought that he had squid
1: Yeah. Who knows? That, probably. That's something. But I don't know where or why he would have a change of heart once he finally got face-to-face with them. Maybe he's never... (sighs) Maybe he just... It could have been maybe he saw the... uh, Rorschach mask, maybe.
0: I mean, I'm just thinking of like the humanity aspect, honestly.
1: Yeah.
0: That's just me. That's all my speculation I can really have there.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to wait two more issues. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, this has been a really
0: good book, though. Um, shall we move along? Sure. Yes. Let's. Cool. So let's talk about uh, Skybound X number two. Which you yes, so didn't
2: story of a story. So, the first story is carrying on the Rick Grimes t- 2000 um, by Kirkman and art by Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley? Yeah, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Otley, Otley is yeah, the penciler. Otley. Cliff
1: Ratburn is the inker. Dave McCaig is the colorist. I can continue.
2: Russ Wooten is the letterer. Sean Makiewicz is the editor. And Andres Juarez designed the logo. Yeah, neat. This story is just very gory, it's very fun, very lighthearted. Yeah.
1: Man, Mr. But Poopy Butthole very got
2: jacked. That's who it reminds me of. Yeah. I was looking at it, I was like, that reminds me of someone. Or maybe the Do You Want to Develop an App alien from Richard Posse. Yeah, Something yeah from one of those Nazi. idiots. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but he just turns into Doomsday. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need spikes, more spikes, spikes over here, spikes over there. You can't hurt me. Weird. Just... Yeah,
2: Rick just gets destroyed by this alien, gets, like, ripped in half. It's entrails Jesus. everywhere. I... There's a page where... um, It's the one where the zombies start heading towards the alien guy, and you've got that top panel where they're all coming out of the alleyway. Yeah. I would be really interested to see what Ryan Otley would have done on Walking Dead, because that page is gorgeous. Like, well, it's very hideous... Mm -hmm. But the artwork is, like, so well done. Yeah. I'd be interested to see how the story would have progressed with him on art instead.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Question. Yes. How
0: big are their hands? Are they enormous?
1: Long fingers. Yeah.
0: Because it looks to me like it's, like, how Eric Larson does his characters. I feel like that's, like, a little, like kiss to him or something. Like, I love your work.
1: In Perhaps. that one panel? Yeah. I don't That's just me. I don't really know about the other panels. They seem like regular Brian Otley hands.
2: Sure. Okay. Yeah, and then at the end you get Andrea back. Yeah. And she's like decimating all the aliens and walkers. Because mm-hmm. she is a badass.
1: Badass. Uh...
2: Yeah. Okay, Next, well, that takes us on to Birthright Ghostrite, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Andre Brezen, colours by Adriana Lucas, letters by Pat Brozow, edited by Sean Makowitz, and the logo designed by Ryan Hughes.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the original logo, though. Maybe a bit more streamlined, modern. So I've not read Birthright, but I
2: read this story and could follow it well enough and enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, yeah. This How is. How does it compare to the main series? It's good. It's a it's a nice little you know. There was such a big long epilogue from the entire series, and this is one more little coda. Another epilogue. Yeah. Uh, strange. I don't quite remember this guy that they were describing as like a different version of death that he went toe to toe. Maybe it happened in an early, earlier issue, but I don't quite remember that. So I'm not sure if it's actually referencing something from the comics or just like, you get it, we fought, it's whatever. Yeah. It's very strange There's... that Death is just here and teaches him about
2: fear. Birthright has been on my list to read for a long time, but I did enjoy this little story, so it might get bumped up the list and I might get to it soon.
1: Yeah, I like that last line, like, Death pulled a Batman on me, Just, you know, <laughs> fights like over, disappears... I don't know, like I I wonder if Joshua Williamson is just kind of feeling it out, like, can we do a Brennan series? Can we do a Brennan in Terranos series? Like, he's not quite ready to let this series go. Yeah, instead of Son of Nailbiter, it's Brother of Birthright. Yeah. Brother of the Chosen One. Yeah. The possible Chosen One, but not. No. Uh, but that was fun. It was nice. Uh, You know, he got it done in 10 pages. He covered a lot of ground.
2: Yeah. I like this. Was... I wish these stories were longer. Yeah. Because you do just breeze through them. Yeah. So, yeah, that takes on to Everyday Hero. No. Everyday Hero Machine Boy. Mm mm-hmm. um, By Tree and Irma Niv- Nivilla. You're
0: trying really hard there. I believe in you.
2: Thank you. Nivilla. Yeah, that was a weird name. Um, yeah, this was a fun little breezy story. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Very simple, straightforward. So it's this little robot boy going around to town, like fixing people's tech. Like, um, he puts like he fixes someone's TV like remotely. Yeah, just kind of like Astro Boy.
1: You know. Yeah, yeah, I
2: get that sort of vibe. Yeah. And it sort of hints out that he was the robot that sort of brought, brought ap- brought upon like this sort of not apocalypse, but he was sort of one who sort of ruined the world.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: and mean, then he's been like reprogrammed to be a hero now. So like it had, a, it was a very sort of child friendly book, but it did have that little bit of darkness in there. I feel.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I guess they're gonna do a series out of this. Maybe.
2: I think so. I seem to remember hearing something about it. Alright. It it's probably not a series for me. Yeah. But kids will probably enjoy it. I, I just kinda of flicked through that one real quick. It I read it in detail and it went by very quick.
1: Yeah. That's what I mean. Uh and next then, one. Yeah. This is another one I was looking forward to. Yeah, Chip Zdarsky and Raymond Caperez. Little backstory. So a... Go ahead. Yeah,
2: of um Galen. Galen. Mm-hmm. Galen? Galen. Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. We'll have to watch that Matt Damon movie to find out how it's pronounced. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, but in this Galen's gonna be a little girl, so keep your eyes peeled.
2: Uh, Yeah, this is just a fun little story sort of fleshing out Galen's backstory meet his grandfather.
1: Yeah, so they kind of live on the edge of town almost. Yeah. Yeah. He's just living with his grandparents but his grandma just kind of walked off one day and decided to die. It seems like his cat's about to do the same. Yeah, it was very simple but I liked it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that takes to the end of it. I'm still enjoying these little short stories.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I'm gonna get every issue. No, yeah, no I'm doubt just gonna about see that.
2: Which series are covered in the next issue? Quickly.
1: Skybound. So the next is going to be a uh, Murder Falcon, uh, Science Dog, an Assassination. Okay. Along with, you know, the, Rick Grimes 2000. 2000. Yeah. So, Science Dog number six, I think. Something like that.
2: Okay, well, I guess that'll take us on to Silver Coin number four by Jeff Lemire and Michael Walsh.
0: Man, what a weird... This was not what I was expecting.
2: Really? I I don't know how what I feel about this issue. I it was very confusing is for about, me
0: because, like,
1: this is I, I just didn't expect it. Wow.
0: This is, how? How is this what you expected?
1: It's just almost steampunk, whatever dystopian world where something goes wrong. This is the third yeah, but- out of four issues where it's been two guys and a girl, you know, kind of... Not on the right. I mean, yeah, but-
0: sure, but, like, that's not the thing that I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, how did you... I didn't expect a, a, a cyberpunk Oh, no, I knew, I
2: knew it was futuristic. Yeah, yeah that's weird. I just think it was a good...
1: Yeah,
0: it said but it was going to be... Uh... Okay, okay, okay. You're, you're not hearing me. Ignore the previews. Ignore that you saw any of the previews if you just read this comic book with no idea what the next issue was going to
1: be. It mm-hmm. says 2467 Which... on the cover.
0: You're not hearing me. If but I I'm didn't saying, know
1: any of that stuff, I would have... If I couldn't read numbers... Movie. Jesus fucking Christ
0: I don't know how else to explain this Okay, you're reading the book For the three issues in Horror comic, horror comic, horror comic And then you're like, okay, I wonder what the next issue is going to be like If you never saw a preview for it If you didn't know what the title of the next book was going to be Would you have expected a sci-fi story Coming out of this no. That's what I'm saying
2: What are you saying? I do do kind of think it's interesting Doing (laughs) sort of like a uh, Sci-fi horror story Because like This half-android woman kind of finds the coin and it corrupts her. And you see, like, the virus... I'm not saying it's bad. No, but I'm saying it's... I can't think of any other, like, futuristic
1: stories that are horror stories. Do you... You don't watch much anime, do you? No. Okay, because there's... There was a... Okay, well, this is going to be dumb, then, because there was a... uh, They used to release, like, anime kind of anthology series... Maybe, you know, you can cite Akira, uh, but there was one called Memories where it was three different short uh, videos, maybe like 20-minute episodes, a 20-minute episode of this, 20-minute episode of that, and this would have fit in right with that. It's very different stuff. It's almost like Love, Death, and Robots or Heavy Metal where it's just, you know, going way out there kind of sci-fi.
0: I... I feel like Jeff Lemire saw how this series was going and he's like, nah, I'm going to do my own fucking thing. Yeah. Well, they all
2: can do their own thing. Mm-hmm. That's, they can do whatever they
0: want. But you still have to have a crow. Jeff Lemire strikes me as the kind of guy who is like, I'm not going to ever fit into the mold of, of the scenario. Mm-hmm. I don't care if that's awkward. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it be my thing. Yeah, I think like, it did work. Like, I didn't I'm not saying that. Issues. It's just yeah. like... He could have done Gideon Falls or yeah, um, something along those lines. And I'm sure that that's why they were like, yeah, come Silver Silverpoint. And he could have just done that and just wrote a scary issue yeah, uh, and, and done something really cool with it. But he did a, a dystopian future cyberpunk, <laughs> you know, deep yeah. into the future thing. Yeah, I just thought it was very strange. It's well written. The art is still on point. Yeah. I just did not expect it.
1: I think sean has said as much before but like i want just a little more something a bit longer yeah. just a little more keep going these are, just are still a little just normal sized
2: comics and i want them to just be able to flesh out a little bit more like every issue has felt very rushed
0: yeah mm-hmm. i think that this is the kind of anthology books like this style if they're going to be continuous like this they should be a, a prestige format yeah bigger, a lot more storyline, a lot more pages. It doesn't have to double
2: size, but just like 32
0: pages or something. Whereas, no, it's I, that I, little bit extra length. I absolutely agree, and I agree with Shosh. I would totally pay an extra dollar or two yep. more to get the oversized prestige stuff. Now, I'll tell you this right now. If Image, if, if any any of the uh, big comic book producers should be making uh, prestige style stuff, it should be Image, because they will
1: make a huge profit off yeah. of that. Yeah. I mean, they already and, did the uh, Image Plus magazine.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think like even though this was a well written issue by Jeff Mayer, I still don't think it blew me away. No. It still felt extremely rushed and the pacing was yeah. off. I think the only issue so far that has felt like the pacing has felt good was the Ed Brisen issue because it told a very simple, straightforward story. It did.
0: That, it was very yeah. um it, it, it fit in the confines of the pages, but it yeah. fit in a way well, that, that made the sense. The musicians? Um, they or burned the... the
2: house down and then crashed the car.
0: Oh, that was the last issue. Oh,
2: yeah, the, the most recent issue. issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that this is obviously building towards something. I feel like the next issue is going to, you know, reveal who this guy is that's in the background. Yeah,
1: and yeah. I, Our ice cream man. man. Yeah. Yeah, because next this, issue this... is written
2: by Michael Walsh, and I think he's kind of the creator of this series. More the
1: linchpin.
0: Well, if yeah, you look yeah, at the back matter of this, uh, they actually... Uh, promote his online yeah, stuff, I sleep think, stories. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Oh. yeah, they do that yeah, each I issue. Do. I don't know. After this issue, you know, just got a little bit of like blue balls. Like I just I need a little bit more. I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm almost there guys.
0: No, no, I feel you. I feel the same way. I 100%. think that this is one of those I I love I just want to say that I think that when it comes to I, I'm excited that these kinds of books are out there right now. Mm-hmm. I do just want a little bit more of it, though. Yes, I, I do I think, think that this is...
2: Compared to the other anthology book we've been reading, which was Ha Ha, I think this is still a lot stronger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, some, some issues I mean, are more good. than others. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to talk about Ha Ha number yeah, six Yeah, we're next? going train into ha, ha number six by cool. uh, W. Maxwell Prince and... Martin Morazzo and Chris O'Halloran. So this is the O'Halloran. creative team from Ice Cream Man, correct? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. I and uh I have been extremely negative on this series for most of it. Mm-hmm. I really liked issue two. I really like this issue.
1: Yeah. I
0: liked issue five the most, personally. Um I thought the old two lady. was fairly good. Yeah, yeah I really loved lady. that one. Yeah,
1: yeah that was it that was, one uh, didn't fit the mold as well as other ones. Where it it seems like there's that theme of like mental health.
0: Yeah. Well, this I, I mean, I one would... also
1: felt like an Ice Cream Man issue
2: because Ice well, Cream Man did show up. Did yeah. show up. Yeah.
0: The yeah. little ice cream boy with the truck. So this is making me wonder if this is within that universe. Oh,
2: and also another character showed up, of course.
0: Do we want to talk about how Arthur Fleck was in this? Arthur mm. Fleck was in it and gives the clown the gun he kills himself with. Mm-hmm. I did not. I didn't. I don't know how to feel about that at
1: all. I. They gave him the hair
0: lip and everything.
1: Where is yeah. he from? Joker. Ar- Joker. Oh, yeah, I was like, this it's does Joaquin look like Phoenix. the... Jo- I didn't realize that, but I'm like, this does look like the uh, locker room from yeah. the Joker, and like, oh, yeah, this happened in the Joker, where and he gets handed they, the... Uh, they, even, they even call him yeah, Artists. Yes. Yes, yes, that's him.
0: That's that's walking Phoenix with the hair look and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have... Make him all I, it's just, yeah, that was so far out of possibilities that Ooh. it didn't even occur to me. I'm just like, oh, this kind of looks like the Joker. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, this you is just the like the scene. <laughs> I've just noticed some lazy art,
2: and that's mm. disappointed me. Oh, I saw something lazy in there, too. Yeah, in the mm. scene where he's in the bar, it uses the same close up panel of him drinking with his eyes closed
0: twice. I don't really care about that. I don't care if they do the same panel twice. Yeah, that's never bothered me. People who get obsessed about that, like, yeah, are you Do you want Clayman to be stuck five months behind, or do you want to be able to let him pump it out? But he doesn't reuse
2: the same panels. Maybe if he did, we would get it on time.
0: <laughs> if only.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this was an interesting issue for me. I would not say that this is on par for like issue number one of Ice Cream Man. I definitely. It's a lukewarm series. Yeah, you, you know, issue two
2: th- was the one that I feel was an enti- It told an entire story. There's the ice cream. Of the little man girl right there. going to.
0: Yes. Well, that whole panel in itself is all of the characters from you know either Ice Cream Man or this series, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because we also got the little boy with the balloon a few pages prior. He's appeared in Ice
0: Cream Man a few times. Is uh the parakeet in his chest is that reminiscent of anything in Ice Cream Man? I don't know. I don't I think this was just talking about anxiety. I mean it has to be. I don't I can't think of what else it could be.
2: Like um The like it does that is what anxiety feels like where your sort of chest goes and yeah yeah yeah.
1: there's just so many little details, uh, in this issue. You know, there's the chart right there as you know a gun and bugs and yeah.
0: Did You notice how certain people turned into devils? Like it was very specific people, or they would be yeah. placed like,
1: or even like on top of people dying. Uh, a pan- the dogs, the dogs rushing yeah, past I loved that. with that. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a
0: lot to Are love you... about like the creative, artistic choices of the series. I just think that Sean said it best: is like, as a story, this is so-so.
1: I don't know so this whose is voice that, that was supposed to, like to be. Yeah. yeah. Whose voice was that supposed to be in his head? Like, the second voice. Ice Cream Man. Your voice, Josh. My voice? Yeah, I heard it. No,
0: I, no, seriously. I think that it's actually the audience. I think that that was the purpose of it. It's like the audience narrating it with the, the storyline. Mm. That's my personal interpretation. You
2: I know. really like what this issue said about mental health. Yeah. It it's, it's tells you it's all about the mindset. And I feel like... This whole series has kind of been about mental health, but I feel like it's missed the mark in several places. But this I issue, like... I feel like the way it told like, oh, it's your choice how you look at the world. Yeah, and it's true.
0: I think the problem though is that like everybody was expecting this to be more horror themed because mm-hmm. of Ice Cream Man. Yeah, and I think that he could have t- told a story that was mental health while being horror. Like this was more. Like psychedelic fantasy than anything else. Yeah. And I don't. This feels to me like six issues of different versions of that joke Rorschach knows in the Watchmen comic, but like the Doctor Clown who goes to the doctor. Yeah,
2: yeah, Pagliacci. That's what
0: that's that's what this Pagliacci. Yeah, thank you. That's what this feels like to me. Is like the person who's supposed to be the happiest or the people who have the worst. Look at them in these scenarios and the irony of that. Mm-hmm. Character who is supposed to be these happy, care, happy-go-lucky, carefree people having these mental health issues—that I get. I just feel like story-wise, linearly, it just is
1: weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, the second or third to last page, if you're including that black page that says "Listen," he's falling off the uh, the house, and the top bubble says it's a choice. The you, the you way look at it instead of the way you look uh-huh. at it. Yeah. A little editor rookie thing. mistake.
2: W Maxwell Prince. Rookie mistake.
0: Mm. That's probably an editor's choice, actually.
2: Because they're the ones who go in. And... Yeah.
0: You just want to blame them anyways.
2: <laughs> I'm literally going to go Photoshop that now, so it's right on my digital version. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Should uh, the Is there anything else you want to add to this? Um, no. Nope. I think if they made go more... Go read Mystery Man. I, need I think if they made more man. haha, got, like, I wouldn't issues. pick it up.
2: No. Yeah. I'm done. I'm glad it's only a six. Yeah, if it was ongoing, I would have dropped it after issue three.
0: I just don't understand what the purpose of this was.
2: Just things that didn't quite fit with.
0: Well, ice it's cream like man. is you, it
2: you could have just had this one issue being Ice Cream Man, and it would have been fine.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, art for art's sake is kind of boring, and I, I I feel like this this did, like I said, a good job of doing what he wanted to do, but story wise, it just it's loose, it's too much. No. I'm, I'm not going to recommend a whole lot of people pick it out. Um, go read Ice Cream Man. Okay. Um, should we move on? Yeah. Yes. All right, let's talk about Oblivion Song, number 32, by Robert Kirkman and hey, Lorenzo go, hey, de boys. Felici. Um, I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about this. Uh, this is still moving towards the end. I do like that Kirkman is kind of... Uh, Avoiding the predictable plot point of having the main characters, you know, humanity just go to war. And he's got some characters that are trying to maintain peace, uh, including the scientists. Um, I don't know if there's much of a message being said about that, but I do think that Kirkman has tried to move along from, you know, doing traditional, boring, you know, action stuff. Uh, He said the same thing about Walking Dead uh, like a year or two back. Uh, in some of the back matter, where he doesn't want to just do a story about zombies eating people. like He wants to do a story about people, and that's what he cares about writing about. The backdrop is important because it moves the plot along and how the characters interact with each other, but he cares more about how these people interact with each other. And in this circumstance, it's people interacting with these aliens, the in and the Gothul. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Thank you. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Josh? Uh,
1: I think a lot of things. Uh, Not exactly tying into what you were saying. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts right now. Uh, We had the two-page spread... uh, Not spread, but just the two pages just focused on the scientists and talking about, you know, what are we missing? What are we not doing right? And then coming to that epiphany. At the last... Possible second. I hate that. Like
0: well I don't know. It's a pretty it's, common
1: writing tool. Yeah, I know it's a common writing tool, but the way they're using it here, it's like, oh, you know, if it was an actual scientist, they would have thought about this long yeah, ago. Well, I
0: mean I'm not I'm not excusing it. I just think that
1: it's it's not one that a, a I pretty, like.
0: Yeah, it's it's not necessarily Deus Ex
1: Machina, but it is a trope that has been used before. Um
0: yeah.
1: uh, that I didn't really care for. Uh but uh, well, how
0: long have they been working
1: working on trying to like reduce the whole... It's been three, five years.
0: That's how long the scientists have been doing it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's that whole Ed, three- or five-year time jump where they're able to go back and, you know, when uh, Nathan, or was it Ed, was in jail. And they're all working, yeah. to, you know, they're making all these scientific advances based on all their research from the other world. Mm-hmm. I mean
0: to To at least give credit to
1: this, like. No. Damn it, Tyler. Yeah. So uh, that was
0: the timer. We've surpassed forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, I like that twist, at least, uh, with Heather, where uh, what's the what's the guy's name? Doolam, you know, basically sends Nathan back. He's like, I need you not to be involved in this. Yeah. We're gonna go do this. We're gonna negotiate. And you get so close. You're almost there. But everyone has their own plans, and it seems almost like a betrayal. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get out of this. But once again, I love this fight scene towards the end of the book. Where it's like, oh, it oh yeah, the... things are about to get fucked up. Oh yeah, he, he dealt with that guy easily.
0: Yeah, and then he says you fight like a Gozen. Yeah. I love that. The part where he says, I am Gozen, that was the best. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good feeling for that. So the thing I was going to say was uh, there was um, people who worked at NASA with the Hubble Telescope, I think, and they were for years trying to figure out where this hum was coming from that would always appear uh, in their uh, Mm -hmm. uh, equipment. And they thought that it was like uh, a hum that was deep within space. And they're like, if it's a hum, maybe it's a planet. Maybe it could be a star, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like years and years down the road. And they're like, oh, it was the microwave. In the break room, yeah, like that was a real thing that happened.
1: Yeah,
0: like a lot of crazy stuff. Sometimes like you that. don't know, you just don't know. Yeah. So I mean, three years, maybe, maybe they just wanted to figure it out.
1: Yeah, Sean, do you know where uh, uh, Eccleshall, England, is? No clue. Okay. How am I spelling uh, it? E C C L E S H A L L. Start again. E C C L E S H A L L let's have a little look see oh this is miles away miles away yeah so you don't know gas <laughs> guy named gas wrote in from Eccleshall. no, I, no I don't know
2: gas sorry you don't know do you know
1: ian thompson from arbroath scotland you're just uh, naming no, off i, people I know that i know another ian batter.
2: thompson
0: but not from scotland yeah i swear to god <laughs> uh I I still like this series, but this is another one of those series where I just consider it fun. I don't think yeah. there's anything from it that has made me feel like this is substantial art. Maybe this will pay off in a different in a in a way that will make me feel yeah. differently. That Outcast Forty Eight made me feel like that was such a good strong mm-hmm. ending that I lo- it made me love the series more.
1: That fight scene, ends stuff really well. The fight scene in issue thirty was fantastic. I love that. Oh, absolutely. That was definitely something right there that I wanted to see more of, you know, like translated into a movie or cartoon yeah. or whatever.
0: I'm happy that I'm still reading it. I'm not opposed to
1: yeah, the story well, itself. do only I just don't... four issues left and that's it.
0: Yeah, And, I mean, that's fine. He can do whatever amount of issues he wants. It's, it's his stuff. But yeah. I guess I... Uh, I'm wondering where this is going and I'm excited yeah. to see where it's going to go. I don't want it to be another action ending where it's just like everybody
1: and everybody lives happy ever after Um, I I would like there to be some risk and change I don't think there's going to be much of a coda there's only four issues left and unless they're like oh we're going to wrap this up in two and then do two issues of like a coda or something yeah photo finish sort of thing it's just going to be over and maybe a little bit of afterwards
0: yeah alright yeah I don't have anything else to say
1: alright we can move on cool where does that move us on to Aliens Aftermath by Benjamin Percy and Dave
0: Wachter, or is it Wachter? Either way. Uh, so this one was... Sean. I didn't read this. Oh, okay. Um, this was
1: weird. Yeah. This takes <laughs> place in 2214. I think the current the run is taking... The
2: main series takes place in 2200.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. So this is 14 years after that, still focusing around Hadley's Hope.
0: Well, this this is the fallout after Hadley's
1: remember? Yeah. So,
0: it would make sense that there's people who hate Weyland-Yutani yeah. uh, and probably want it's, to... it's still fig-
1: interesting that our main character from the series is tied to Hadley's Hope. You know, he was the extraction team where things went wrong. Sure. They still keep tying into that. Because that's not... This feels... really part of the movies, is it? No. No.
0: Um, I mean, in, even in Aliens 3, when... Uh, they get to the trash planet, and then Wayland yutani comes to uh, try to pick up the alien. Yeah. Um, Hadley's Hope is mentioned in passing, but that's about it, I, b- I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I feel like this is a good one-shot for being tied into the main comic book from Marvel right now, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that it would feel pointless to me for them to not utilize this white alien for something in the future. Also, the way that it ends insinuates that this person who was kept in cryo is going to appear in the future as well. Maybe it's going to be in, he'll
1: probably appear in the past and get up to here. Where's
0: the main storyline that we're reading in Marvel, uh, take place. It's 2200.
1: And this is 2214.
0: So I wonder what the connection for that is
1: then. Yeah. We might see in the next arc, um yeah i don't know anything what's i mean this is probably the same sort of queen or alpha whatever specimen that they were trying to get a hold of probably for the main series another version of that yeah uh
0: i mean it could be what happened in between aliens two and three where they they were like oh we have somebody who's been infested so they yeah. want to make sure that they can like preserve them keep them in cryo and then they just forgot about it it seems like Weyland yutani is invested in yeah. Getting that specimen, though.
1: Yeah, I also don't like the trope of you know, oh, we've been in control the whole time. You know, you haven't I, uh, been talking with a robot; you've been talking with the head of the company. Yeah, it is a little pre- you know, not predictable. We've but locked kind of tired. all of your shit. You have no hope to get out, but us. Yeah. Eh. Uh,
0: I, I mean, if I had to summarize this, I would say this is a fun aliens yeah. issue that you're gonna find out has something to do with the main comic but i don't i I wouldn't say that there's anything substantial about this that would make you go oh my god like that last god uh one shot was fucking prime like that was a Mm -hmm. great story that was by itself that anybody could hop onto and enjoy it's in, but it stood alone yeah Yeah. this is this is not unlike that in the sense that it ties in but it stood alone
1: but the way that a story is told is kind of just like oh it's a sci-fi or yeah. book you know well, nothing oh, well. going into this made me think that oh this is an alien made of ice with uh oh with the uh the blood yeah but the blood yeah, is like weird. liquid nitrogen i mean i guess it would make sense
0: for a species to
1: want to adapt and this yeah. is a
0: super adaptive well i didn't species. know they were going to be
1: going to like an frozen planet or anything like that yeah and then, I don't know, uh, I mean
0: it was an interesting creative choice I, I, I applaud them for trying to do something different no,
1: no, it was definitely pretty cool to do this It seems like uh, uh, John Romita Jr. just kind of jumped in On this last page I know, it kind of looks like him, a little bit His artwork Yeah um,
0: It's just a fun issue yeah. I mean there's nothing more I can really say about it Honestly Yeah. It's fun it's a good five dollars. Yeah, I will. I will read it at some point, but I just ran out of time. There's really no pressure for it at this point because it's not gonna like spoil or ruin anything for the current issue, right? Now yeah. Of, of aliens. Yeah. I've got it right here, ready to read. Just haven't got around to it. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Shall we uh, move on to Spider-Man? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the one that I wanted to talk about the most. Well. Yeah, I'm going to say it's fine.
1: Uh, Spider-Man Spider Man, Spider Shadow
0: number four uh, by Chip Zdarsky and whatever his name is. Pascal
1: Fairy. Pascal well.
0: um, This is really a lot of fun still. Uh, so but what I issue, like about this. Last
1: issue,
2: last issue, you were like, no, look at the art. He's got uh, Human Torch as well with the symbiote.
1: Yeah, that's confusing me too. He, he doesn't. Maybe he does and he's just playing both sides. I think it was just the way the artist drew the symbiotes. Maybe. But, but I, I was very confused when the Human Torch showed up. just to
0: point that out. Tyler's
1: Get
0: over wrong. yourself, John. I hate you.
1: What, <laughs> what has Venom even what? done to... What has the symbiote even done to Ben Grimm? Like, he's not able to stretch himself out. He doesn't look... So,
0: that's actually what I wanted to just say, is I'm confused about the artistic choice here to not have these characters have like the symbiotes Fully encum- encompassing them.
1: Yeah. Also, you're able to burn off Spider-Man's shirt, but not his pants. Like it's probably Listen, the same material. The just weird. Did
0: they make him like super thick in this issue too? Yeah. Like, they made him all hunky. Yeah, and, like, I was print.
1: thinking of uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Jake Johnson's uh, Spider-Man. See, I wasn't even thinking like that. I
0: was thinking like this guy looks like a beefcake. Like in this issue, like yeah. putting his shirt on, he's got his big old grizzled beard. Yeah. I don't know if Chip Zadarski is like, draw Spider-Man
2: sexy in this
0: issue.
2: <laughs> I'd like seeing a mature, adult, strong Peter Parker here, A serious and, and Captain that America's scene, still going to call you kid. Yeah, yeah. that <laughs> scene where he takes off his mask and he's look, like, look, man-to-man, man to man, man. face-to-face. Yeah. Look at, look at me. At look, I'm breathing
1: under yeah. this mask and under this
2: beard. And then a few pages later where he's like, When I'm angry, I'm unstoppable, like, I don't have to hold back here, no quips, I'm, like, I'm not pulling punches now.
0: I didn't like that line, personally. I really liked it. I liked it.
2: Peter has all the strength and, like, he's always seen as the jokey one, so to see him angry and in this state, it just felt like, it felt natural and a nice change from seeing him in his normal self.
0: I don't have an issue with him expressing anger. I think that there's been plenty of times where he has expressed it, but he's always regretted it. I've, I've never read a comic book of uh, Peter Parker here he's, saying... Here he's like, Ben can take it. It's yeah, not like he's going to regret his anger because he's
2: hurting someone.
0: It's less about that. It's more about him specifically saying, I'm unstoppable when I'm angry. That just felt very out of character. That felt like something that you just kind of write in. And I don't think that's, that's Chip Zdarsky's best line that he's ever written. And I think that it kind of took me out of it for a minute. I agree that he said with the line and can take it. That sounds like something Peter could say. I agree with pretty much everything else about this book, but that line in specific was a a, a whatever for me. It just didn't feel like Peter Parker. I, I picture him always being remorseful about his anger, never about seeing it as a strength. Mm. You know, because of every time that he feels something that he considers a negative emotion, he always feels remorse. He mm. feels you know uh, unremitting guilt toward but i
2: think because so. he says ben can take it he, he's not feeling guilty about this because he knows he's not hurting anyone mm-hmm. like in this I mean, moment in this moment it is a strength because he needs to like if he doesn't rely on it he will die basically
0: if it was a line that was more directed towards ben instead of an over-encompassing every single time i've ever fought and i've been angry i'm unstoppable. I probably would have been fine with it i still think jim zadarsky understands the character i just don't like that line as an over-encompassing maybe in this universe you know this peter parker maybe he's this way maybe this is him flipping and growing up and then getting out of equips maybe that's him maybe that's just like that character change for this universe i'm I'm okay with that because this is the what if universe so whatever yeah it's still a lot of interesting fun I'm confused
1: about the choice also with uh, symbiote Reed Richards. Why does he look like a burn victim? He's in the burn suit, so nothing can hurt him. But he, he looks more like yeah. a demon, almost. Yeah. I
0: mean, they made it seem like... He said that he's worked with Reed Richards to enhance the symbiote somehow. Because
1: I think he's just wearing because, that spider killer suit. Like, he copied the Spider-Killer suit and put himself in it so he can't be hurt by the flames. Maybe. But it still doesn't explain the like uh, appearance of him and why the other symbiotes... Because normally the
2: symbiote becomes a suit on the person, but Reed Richards is stretchy and sort of liquidy, so hmm. the symbiote could fully merge with them.
1: Maybe. I don't know. The choice I'm... I was just bullshitting. The choice I'm kind of curious about nervous. is why they chose... I-, I know I brought this up the last issue but the choice to do like the what 1960s 1970s era costumes i do like that oh no
0: i like that
1: yeah i i i don't not like it i'm just curious why they chose to do it in this time era when like Bumps. the venom is venom was from eras huh 1980s
0: these this are is, is 1980s the 1980s costumes? these are all well, i didn't know they kept costumes. these costumes
1: all the way up till then Because I know America
0: really didn't have a costume change until very
1: recently. I mean, like the Iron Man costume looks pretty old.
0: That's very 1980s. That's the uh, timeline of where War Machine came out. So he wore that suit, uh, took a step away, and then War Machine took over for a little bit. And I remember very specifically that suit uh, being highlighted in a uh, recent issue of the... uh, Cantwell uh, Iron Man run where he very specifically highlights it and says that's one of my favorite
1: uh, armors. All right, so that does kind of line up with when Venom came out, or you know the first symbiote. Okay,
0: because this is the this is still the timeline where Tony Stark is still telling everybody that that's his bodyguard.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, and also She-Hulk
1: here—that's traditional She-Hulk. Oh, I wasn't too concerned about that. I know. That's Well, what are you concerned about, Josh? Uh, things, you know. <laughs> things and various other things.
0: I would say that this is more proof that Tibzinski deserves to be put on the main Spider-Man book.
1: Sure. Do it.
0: Like I want it, I need it. Yeah. Give it to me. Inject it into my veins.
1: We got one more issue left for this. And I have a
0: knife somewhere. Here, hang on.
1: Yeah. I suppose in the next. There we go. There we go. Oh yeah, you got a knife. Sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, I suppose in the next uh, week or two, we might get the uh, preview for the next "What If." Perhaps. Maybe.
0: I hope that there's going to be more. This is this is supposed to be
1: the first. Yeah, it's a new line. Yes. That's what they said at the end of the first issue. Is this is the first of the "What If" stuff?
0: Yes yes, 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 yes.
1: But haven't heard anything yet. Maybe they'll tease it at the end of the next issue. I need it. You need it.
0: Hang on, I'm going to be summoning. I'm going to do a quick uh, incantation for Jibsidarsi to uh, become the next... uh I From we They're done. Wakanda.
1: Wakanda.
0: <laughs> Wakanda.
1: All right. I think that's about it for that issue. Cool, let's move on. Sean. Right. That takes brings brings us on to
2: Infinite Frontier, number two, by Josh Williams and Paul Pelletier, Norm Ratmund, Jesus Marino, and Zamanico.
0: There's a lot of artists on there this, are. and it is a great book. It is so good. Um, I kind of wish that there was a little bit more highlight on uh, Roy, um, Batman, and Calvin Ellis, and the we'll JSA, rather than... Uh, we'll get that. The reason why I say that is because I I kind of just didn't want Batman and Superman to be in this, to be honest with you. Mm. I know it was temporary, but they kind of highlighted it with the covered. Yeah. This is... I feel like this is a... This is a book that you make specifically to be like, the Trinity is fine. We don't need them yeah. to tell this story. You know?
2: Um, yeah, so we have a meeting with uh, Agent Cameron Chase with them mm-hmm. they basically get called away on Justice League stuff Justice League
0: reasons Justice League things yeah
2: um, we get a nice little page of like all the heroes from the different earths going around and we get a little appearance from a different version of
0: Savage Dragon and Robot Yeah, that was really funny. Weird. Yeah. Which, have you seen the Multiverse uh, sourcebook with Grant Morrison? Like, have you read it at all? I have not read Multiversity. I gotta tell you, man, Multiversity is one thing. It's such a strange... It's Grant Morrison, so of course it is. I, I really deeply appreciate it because it's so out there and random. I mean, Machine Head is an interesting character. The parody Savage Dragon is an interesting character. They're all fun. Yeah. Like, you can't not love it.
2: Um... We also have um, Thomas Wayne talking with Calvin Ellis, and this addresses where it stands at the end of Tom King's Batman run, because obviously Tom King's Batman run ends with Bane going into Arkham and snapping Thomas' back. Yeah. And they address he was in Arkham, healing from his injuries, and one day someone showed up and teleported him out, and it's not a character I recognise. Wait, which part? Where he's in Arkham. Hang on, I'm getting there. I have no idea. It's interesting seeing Harbinger come back. As like the AI running the ship or whatever.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. This character that pulled him out of Arkham kind of looks like uh, Bluebird a little bit. Yeah, it's not going to be Bluebird, though, is it? Well, no, but I'm just saying that it looked yeah. a little bit like maybe like an alternate universe Bluebird or something. I don't know. Again, this is one of those issues that. I don't have any real big complaints about it, except for this, you know, Batman and Superman being in this a little bit more than I would have liked. I yeah. really like what they're doing with the JSA and uh, Alan Scott. Yeah, we've got Magog back.
2: That was weird. He's. Evil now because of multiverse reshaping.
0: Um, I mean, this is so out there with the, the multi. There isn't a whole lot of like addressing the multiverse changes storylines like very directly. So I'm I'm actually really happy they're directly like confronting it the way that they are with this. Well, it was an
2: issue of something written by I want to say Tynan in Death Metal. Where the crime syndicate came back and it mentioned like how they were killed and Sure. Now they're back alive and it basically said like, Oh, the multiverse likes to it likes its homeostasis of like staying the same. Yeah. So when things get too crazy and like some worlds like die, it
1: reverts them back to their default setting. Mm. Have you tried like, turning it heart- off and on again? <laughs> Don't push your drugs on me, Tyler. I push up. I'll, I just sent him the link to actually read it. You quiet animal. See. Um, seeing you see. You sent me the. the uh, you sent me the low quality one too. You're welcome.
2: Seeing Roy learning to use rings interesting, and t- like, as he's using it, he full on like. I don't know. He becomes an Omega Lantern. Omega Lantern.
0: Yeah, it's an Omega Black Lantern. It's very strange. Um. I mean it makes sense cuz dark side is very powerful. So Oh, dark Hey. Oof, we're
1: get, we're getting
0: there. Josh. We're
2: getting there, don't you worry. Ah, uh. Um so we have this is the big bit of the issue. We have um Agent Chase go and confront Captain uh, Captain Asim. And she's like you were dead in this universe before. Like you're not the Never real stopped Captain anybody Asim. before. He he's literally like um I'm really sorry. Like, if he finds out, he come for me. Darkseid is,
0: and he just like rips open his chest and blows up. Presumably, because his, well, his 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 body is basically a suit that contains all that energy. So releasing it allows it to explode. Thus oh the man! Darkseid
1: finds me; he'll kill me. Better kill myself. I better right kill now. myself. <laughs> yep, oh no! The is. TVA is coming after me. There's a moth flying <laughs> around my lamp and it's really annoying me. Oh my god, it's almost like that's what moths do.
0: Yeah, like fuck off. <laughs> uh is there anything
2: else you wanted to bring up with this? It's just so good and I'm so excited. For it, it is really a lot of fun. It's made, I definitely think that's made be- dark side scary again. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, okay. Like that scene from the issue I sent you where like it zooms out and we see like Psycho Pirate inside the Dark Side is like he's being seen as like this force of like This primordial comic book nature, where he is above everything, he has the power to do all this. uh... He's he's not just big, brooding I'm going to come and punch Superman. He's like, no, Mm -hmm. I am a fucking force of nature in this world.
1: Is Wonder Woman bouncing around in this? No. In behind the scenes or anything?
2: Haven't seen her at all. Nope. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we say yes, she is. Will you buy
1: it? No she's front and center josh and so is oh my Yara god hold on guys can you apology? just wait wait while i go to my store and get it wait while he goes to the bathroom with a bottle of lube and a kleenex box yeah that's too much cleanup the the tissues what? Just, You're just gonna do like some grout the tissues just shred fucking pervert the grout shreds the tissues do you come do you come shuriken what's wrong with you come shurikens yeah, just spinning stars. dagger. Yeah, spinning throwing stars. That's what it looks like. Just comes out the hole and just forms into. Yeah. Oh my god. You no, know, it's more like Spider Man, where I'm just like, your hand is yeah. just—it's just stuck to the wall
0: now. You finish, and then you like cry about your dead uncle later. Like, and then everyone's like really uncomfortable, and you're like, "Can you please stop crying every single time this happens?" It's getting
1: a bit repetitive. Yeah. Um, Shall we Joker move on? To Joker number
0: five
2: by James yes. number four and Matt <laughs> Rosenberg and Francesco Francavilla.
0: So, the reason why I love this a lot was Francesca Francavilla is a fantastic the artist art and I think feels he like
2: does... it's worse than it was in Black Mirror. It feels very rough in places. Yeah. How? It just feels like a step down. There's less detail. The colouring's still great, but I just feel like a lot of it's. Just I prefer the art in this
0: over
1: Guillaume March.
2: Yeah, but I mean, compared to the artwork in Black Mirror, but it was by Frank Villa.
1: Yeah, yeah, it what? does seem like they're trying to do like that 80s style of artwork.
0: Man, I didn't know he did Black Mirror. I thought it was just Jock.
2: Jock and uh, Frank Villa. Frank Villa did the James Gordon Junior story in it.
1: Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I don't know. So much of this just feels like filler. Just a filler issue. It's only it issue five. Is, we, get, yeah. we get we get but we just get just a little the... bit more detail about the Samsons. The Samsons, yeah. Um, I did think
2: Joker was well written in this, like of course he gets out his cell as soon as the guard goes to the toilet. Sure. Like that's such a joke I mean, thing to do, like he didn't even run, he was still in the asylum, but he just got out of the cell. Because yeah, I was... don't
0: really mind issues like this. I, I like issues that give some back matter. I I just think that you have to take it for what it is. I mean, if they throw in, in the middle of a Batman Who Laughs series, mini series, and then suddenly you get a Grim night issue. I mean, it's just something to enhance the story, and I don't really have an issue with it. I don't think it takes me out of it at I all. Think I, I really it, liked it.
2: I think it was just kind of building up Jim Gordon, like why is in the state he is in present day? Like we find out, like it hints, like why his marriage failed. Yeah. Sure.
0: That also gives us a peek at, like, what his relationship was like with Harvey Dent before. Yeah. The Harvey uh, Dent sequence
1: was interesting, like, Gordon got so... I know, yeah. Do you think Jake? we're yeah. gonna see him again? Or at least Two-Face? I'd like to see Tynan and write Two-Face.
0: I would like to see more noir detective stories like this. Yeah. That's me. I, I would really like that a lot. I think that this whole universe could benefit from that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I actually like this uh, quite a bit. I'd I say that this is on par with uh, how much I liked issue number one, personally.
1: Mm.
2: I don't know if I'd go that far, but I did like it.
0: I liked it a lot. I know you guys don't like it as much as I did. That's okay. I liked it a lot, a lot.
1: Yeah. I, um, I don't really have anything else to say. I think it's kind of... Well, most of the time they drop the uh, kind of narration... Like typically, the narration is throughout the entire issue, but for here, it was right at the beginning, once in the middle, and then right at the end. Yeah. So it's almost like they drop that for this in favor of just all of this dialogue.
0: I mean, I don't really mind that because I think that the, the purpose was to have a kind of roundabout narration towards the beginning and the end. I think that that makes more sense yeah. as far as... Yeah,
1: letting the story tell itself. Yeah. I, it I know good, it does kind of bookend, book but it doesn't really match the theme of the other four issues, where I think the uh, narration was throughout.
0: Well, this isn't like those other issues, right? So I think that's Not how Like you get the other girls. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have any anything else to say about it. It's still a great series. Mm-hmm.
2: All i right. <laughs> take some <clears> to <throat> Justice League: Last Ride, number three by Chadadarsky and Miguel Mendonc. Miguel oh, and, and Donja. DC Land and Um, This is a lot of fun. It's really solidly written.
0: I feel like every single like, mini-series DC put out, it's just top-quality stuff. Yeah, and it's Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. It's really good. It's very well-written. Uh, I really like this... Uh, <laughs> the character flaws that Batman has. I really like seeing Superman... Being angry and resentful and not being his best, I like seeing the tension in the group. I like the conflict that's going on. And I, like I, it's,
2: it's, I
0: like the scene where Superman gets angry
2: and Wonder Woman's like, "Stop it! You're supposed to be the best yeah. of us." So absolutely, like that's it. what I was
0: thinking of. Yeah, it's. There's. Uh, I think it's easier for people to want to write these characters as perfect. Yeah. Uh, but when we the, the more interesting parts of these characters is when we see them waver and act more human and I think that this is shown here and I think that Chip does a fantastic job of that I think Um, he's, I don't like the way his Flash is written You don't like how anybody has written the Flash, you've been very critical of everybody who's ever written his voice and I think that you have a very specific voice in mind for him Sean for writing the Flash People write people tend to write Barry
2: like he is Wally from the Justice League Unlimited TV show People have that voice in their head for the Flash, and they write Barry that way. Sure. Um, Jeff Johns is the only recent writer to write Barry like he actually is.
0: Well, I mean, Jeff Johns is tied to it, right? So I yeah. mean, it makes sense for him to have written those characters yeah. the right every, way. You know, every
2: writer writes him like Wally, and then you get rid of How- Wally and just turn Barry into Wally, and it's
0: like, why not just have both these characters and just write them properly? Hmm. Tell me what you. Tell me the difference in these characters and how people have written them and what's the correct way of
2: how they are. Barry is the funny, quippy, bantery guy. Barry is very serious, very friendly, a bit boring.
1: Yeah. You don't see the same thing with the Bat family where like, oh, you know, Batman's out of here and then the, you know, Nightwing becomes Batman. But Nightwing's Batman
2: is... When he was... When he was... Batman he was a very different character like people remarked that he was lighter he was much more
1: hmm.
2: quippy he was definitely not the same Dark Knight that was there before like I think Joker points no. out that he could tell the difference
0: yeah not yeah. not super serious brooding dark and yeah now that
2: makes sense but yeah like Barry is not the kind of person to just pull out a bag of marshmallows or whatever and be like oh let's
0: tell campfire ghost stories okay I think that you read more Flash than me, so that, I mean, I think that your opinion just stands out a little bit more. Um, I can't really speak to how he's written uh, Jon Stewart or Alan, or not Alan Scott, uh, Hal Jordan so far. Well, I think I that like how he, I do really like Hal's suit, and I also really like um, how he wrote, uh, wow, I'm terrible, what's his name? Uh, Poozers. Kilowog. Kilowog. Yeah, I really like how he wrote Kilowog. I love Killawog. I think Killawog. that was, Killwog's a great character.
2: So People ignore him a lot, but he's a fantastic character. I think anyone who's a fan of Green Lantern, he's their favorite character. Uh,
0: yeah, in, fair enough. In
2: Green Lantern world, like he's not a, un, like he's not a underutilized character or anything.
0: Absolutely. Well, he's underutilized right now, but yeah, you know that's a discussion for another time. Um,
1: Josh, pick the series up. Justice League: Last Ride. I don't I think know, I looked through it. Or not. I, th- I think I looked through it, and I just was like, ah, whatever.
0: I think I can, I think I can, I think I can.
1: The little corn husker who could. <laughs> um,
0: I just think that it's a really fun series. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I think yeah. it has more risk than in the main series, so it's interesting.
2: Um, okay, Action Comics Annual by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Sia Um, and Scott Godlewski.
0: Tales this was a great a annual. This was so yes. good. Yes, this is fantastic. I definitely feel like this is maybe two story arcs kind of shoved into one, but yeah. I still really enjoyed it. That's kind of why I liked it though, because it didn't
2: feel decompressed. It got straight to the point, and uh,
0: yeah, you th- could you could have stretched hmm. it out more, but it didn't need it. I I would read this story with no issue if this was a twelve issue story arc that he had written out. I think the only thing that I had an issue with with this story was um is his name Pyros? Uh Pyros. Pyros. I think that having him take over the House of Bell and then sit on his throne and have zor Zorel as the captor and just be like meh! It, I think
2: that's very he he was raised by Cersei. He like she's the most like over dramatic like that kind of, like, showy I mean, super it's not about is. the
0: showy thing. I'm just saying that there's a time period that passed while they were in the Phantom Zone. I think that he would have done more than just sit on his throne and just be like, ha ha ha, i got cars or
1: So is it is it spelled like that? P-H? Um. Let's have a P-H-Y-R-R-U-S.
0: P-H-Y-R-R-U-S.
1: Yeah. Is that how they spell it in the comic? I think there's an E. Okay. It's probably like... Ep- P Y R R H O S. With the Okay, the HOS. Yeah, it's probably like Pyrrhus. Like Pyrrhic sure. Pyrrhic Victory. Sure. I want to see more of these
0: futuristic characters. They were funny. I the state issue mm-hmm. I think there should be more Blue Lantern uh Superman stuff, because that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah.
0: I also really hope that this means that they're gonna bring back the Blue Lanterns, because I fucking hate that they've killed them off twice! Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was fun seeing cool. Cyborg Superman back. Scott Free getting trapped on that planet did Ooh, sort of surprise Yeah, Super that was Man. pretty sad. Why
0: didn't yeah, you Cyborg say that? Yeah, Cyborg Superman was weird in this. Uh, this was strange. So he was trapped in the Phantom Zone. He's old now. Um, he has a plan to get out. It involves getting a mother box. Um mother box. They have to develop a relationship with him. Mother box. It's an interesting series of things. He has a big white beard. It's very strange. Mother box. Mother. Say box. it five more times. Mother box. Mother box. Mother box. Mother box. Mother box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember. You know the flash
2: remember when Zack Snyder made the mother boxes? These three bits of tech that can destroy planets. And then the Snyder fans still say he knows the comics books better than anyone else.
0: (laughs) Wait, what did he do?
2: Have you seen Justice League? No. Either of
0: them. I've seen the original, yeah.
2: Yeah. Do you not remember the mother boxes those three bits of tech that could destroy planets? They're a planet-destroying weapon.
1: Yeah. They combine together? No? Go watch it. Go watch the Snyder Cut. Go watch the Scott Snyder Cut. Yeah,
2: whereas in the comics they're clearly like just a supercomputer that the new gods use.
0: To transport yeah. themselves, it's Open all weapons. Up. so you understand? Everything needs to explode. Yeah, and everyone but then needs to
2: die. they're like, then they're like, oh, who says he doesn't understand the sorcerer? And it's like, well, he clearly doesn't, considering he
1: doesn't know. What Open the up is. a boob tube. I mean, a boom Listen, tube.
0: obviously, Darkseid is a shirtless hammer-wielding dude
1: who has big
0: nipples, and these guys all he's like, a rap live god. In black and white. He's a rap god. He listens to Eminem. He. Kills and also Robin dies and Harley Quinn is dead and everybody's dead and eventually everybody's gonna dead, die dead, to dead. To Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen.
2: Um anyway, I really like the sort of framing story of the little girl being
1: told the story. Yeah, I like that. that Johnson is putting I a lot of think work into uh, I think I skimmed through that. Was the little girl not the girl that is uh that's been rescued in the action comics? No, no. there's no
0: insinuation that that's the case
1: okay um, but yeah I like how
2: Phillips Kennedy Johnson's putting a lot of effort into building what
1: Superman means to people absolutely it's like uh, yeah. it's a celebration of life that's a celebration of love of laugh love because he's about to Man. die and we need to celebrate your life before you die yes. Yeah. Okay, Um, The Flash Annual by Jeremy Adams,
2: um, Brandon Peterson, and Dan Passarin. Yep, I read this. What did you think? Why did you make me read this? Did you not like it? (laughs) What am I supposed to like about this? It reticoned heroes in crisis. I don't
0: care. (laughs) It's so good. Did you only read this, or did you read the whole arc? No, I didn't read any of the arc. I, t- I told you I haven't been reading it. And you're like, read the annual. And I'm like, okay, there must I be something like, about I was like, read the
2: series. Thing. The annual is so good. The annuals is the final part of the arc. Why would you just not read anything?
0: You told me to read the annual.
2: What am I oh, saying? Jesus. You read the whole fucking story
0: because the annual was so don't, good.
1: Don't fucking like, read it and save Tyler, some fucking money. Here's did what you, you did. Think He was like, was you good.
0: need to read the annual. So I'm like, okay, fine, I read it. How much are you guys spending Tyler... each week? A lot. This, this, Okay. I'm going to tell you what I thought. My first thought was, holy shit, could there be more monologuing going on in this fucking book? Yes. Holy shit. I feel like this is worse than Brian Michael Bendis doing any of his texts. There's so much just, Haha, I am now one with the speed force and you think that you have overpowered me. Yeah, that's, that's what this whole thing was. sabotage is
2: such like a cheesy villain anyway, it works with yeah. him.
0: I think that I would have enjoyed this a lot more if I had actually read the, the story arc. But yeah, you would have. Defi- this, this feels very hand fisted to me. I'll be honest with you, reading it it is out of context.
2: This whole the thing whole was, to me was. Arc, just- Wally has been bouncing around to different speedsters, fixing leaks in the Speed Force. Lightning bolts that are shooting out and doing whatever. Yeah. And we find out if it's responsible for Heroes in Crisis because
0: Savitar was trapped and he got
2: expelled and- from Wally.
0: This is like the mm. third time that Heroes in Crisis has
1: been in retcon, though. Like, this is not... Oh, well. Can we like, get... the next? You can go get your money back on those comics now. Yeah, Basically. At this point, it's just like Heroes in
0: Crisis didn't even happen. It, it happened, but it didn't happen. It's changed three times But maybe now. it did
1: in a multiverse. Maybe it happened like, you know infinite right? of it addresses, times.
2: it addresses Savitar
0: dying in Flash
2: Rebirth by Geoff Johns, where Flash was... Barry was the Black Flash.
0: I completely forgot about that, to be honest with you. And I reread that recently. Barry that is all flashes. So minuscule to me, apparently.
2: Did, <laughs> did you not find it like emotional when Ollie was like begging Barry to do something to save Roy?
0: I think that the part where he said "save my son" was very emotional. Please save it my varies. boy. Please save my boy. That's what it was. Yeah. And okay, like, the
2: between, like the little conversation between Ollie and Roy as well
0: who are the artists on this it's Brandon Thomas
2: and um um no Brandon Peterson and Dan passarin yeah I don't like
0: either of these guys a no. dan Pissarin, I I remember seeing his work on uh green Lantern stuff so I think it was Green Lantern core and I did not like it then either it's just it, he draws face one is, face his faces have the eyes too close together his face that's his face he's drawing his face on these characters that's what he does the look and draw it himself to draw himself. I, like It's I the same thing that... Um, the faces look a little weird,
2: but I think like the rest of it's... It's art. It's not...
0: Terrible. <laughs> if you have to no, say it's, it's, it's art... It's,
2: it's generic comic book art. You wouldn't it's, read this issue and be like, that was bad. And you wouldn't read it I, and go, oh, I love that. Who was the artist? I need to
0: follow them. I'm mostly confused about why people are so cool about these smooth CGI artists that yeah, keep coming Peterson's in. Like, not good. I don't understand why he's even like been signed i just don't get it i'm sorry i I know i'm an asshole for that but i i just don't get it i don't like it i don't like it at all i look at it and i'm like okay i mean i guess i mean am i who am i to say what is a level of art that's better than the other uh i'm not going to say that every person who doesn't do pencil on paper is not an artist that's not true i i'm not going to say that people who only do digital art are the best that's not true but I will say that doing like these weird CGI like smooth textured yeah. robot people I don't like. I look at it and I'm like, that's not my that's I don't like it at all. Let's just mention a big bit of this issue,
2: which is so Flash and Savitar are fighting, and Savitar gets boom tubes away boom tubes away. Oh uh, yeah. Into the darkness.
0: Or he was being held as like a prisoner or something, yes. right?
2: Yeah. So, is this going to tie into Infinite Frontier?
0: That would be interesting. I feel like Infinite Frontier kind of feels like it's off on its own right now. I'd be surprised if that's the case. Especially yeah. me, though.
2: The scene where Ollie and Wally hugged. Ollie that and was Wally. Beautiful, but that's a weird sentence. Ollie and Wally. Ollie, Ollie and, Wally. and Wally. That was emotional. Um, and I think that Barry's it would have Wally's been... family are back. Yeah. This well, is the first yeah. time this first time we've seen them together properly since there was that speed metal issue in Death Metal.
0: What are you talking about? Back in Rebirth when they brought Wally back, his family came back
2: too. No, they didn't. I thought they did. No, they didn't. You thought they did. First Ark of Titans was him trying to talk to Linda. And then he got put you're in right. Didio, Lib- Didio Limbo for five years.
0: Yep, yeah, you're right this is the first
2: time they've been together in a comic in like 12, 13 years Uh, except for that little bit in speed metal
0: yeah alright yeah I mean by itself man I'm gonna tell you like I just didn't like it I read it and I was like okay
2: everyone on Reddit loved it you're wrong
0: okay you don't have good taste burn in hell and die alright that uh, brings us on to talking about next week's Uh, next we've got next week we've got the mini guests of Layla Star number four I'm caught up on so I'm going to be reading that M.O.M. Mother of Madness number one Skybound X number three Home number four which uh, is it a four issue miniseries five damn okay uh, Radiant Black number six Undiscovered Country number fourteen uh, Time Before Time number three I'm not reading that um, I am Alien five I might read I'm it like, get time.
2: Gonna... I time I like issue one didn't get around to issue two but I might catch up
0: eh I liked it enough I didn't find it impassioning. Um, Alien number five, Moon Knight number one. Uh, I'm probably going to check it out just because it's Jed McKay. I think I'll be curious. I haven't read a Moonlight story in years. I'll check out uh, number one. Super- yeah. Superman and the Authority number one by Grant Morrison. Blue and Gold number one, which is going to be Dan Durgans yes. and Ryan Sook. Yes. So Ryan Sook will be on for about two issues and then leave. Probably. Uh, Shazam number one by Tim Sheridan.
2: Yeah, Kevin super- MacRoy is for- already solicited for an issue. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow number two, Nightwing number 82, and three new number ones from DC, and not a single one of them is going to be Batman. That's interesting. I know. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who'd have thunk? All right. Well, is there anything else we wanted to say before we hop off? Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Hop. Thank you. Pick of the week. Thank you very much. I keep forgetting about that.
1: Um, you guys go ahead for me. Flash you. Rocher. You're terrible. I just got to default to Rorschach, because I didn't care much for anything else. Um,
2: I really liked Haha, ha,
1: but Flash Annual just blew me away.
0: Okay, you know what? I'm going to actually surprise you guys. Uh, I'm going to make my... No, actually, my pick of the week is going to be one that I haven't talked about on this episode, and it's going to be my shout-out, which is going to be Sinister War number one. And here's the reason why. This is... Actually, ending in a way that has been very appealing to me. It feels like it's been a really long rush to the finish, but I am really entranced to find out like what's going to happen with Mephisto. What is Doctor Strange going to do to pull away the curse that Mephisto has made on Peter Parker and Mary Jane? Why does Mary Jane know about all of this? One more day. They're retconning. They're not just going to retcon it. Actually, it's going to be deeper than that because this is going to be going back further past that. If they just retcon one more day, then that means that Aunt May is dead. That means that Kingpin knows who Peter Parker is.
1: Hmm. That
0: means that everybody knows who Peter Parker is because he revealed himself to the world. There's so much like moving parts to this that's going to be happening moving forward. This is the fourth oversized issue this year of Spider-Man, and I don't like that. There's going to be a fifth one with Sinister War Number 2. But it's being told in a fun way. I think that this is actually wrapping up really nicely. Neato.
2: <laughs> I didn't read anything else this week so I don't have any shout outs but I, what's your pick of the week?
0: oh it's Flash, Flash Hangar. Hangar. Of course, I almost Flash read
1: uh, the last issue for Carnage Black, White and Blood almost almost. I was just kind of leafing through it as you guys were talking about all of your DC stuff that you spent money on yeah we just like to give money to the WB what can we say yeah God. expensive weeks man yeah. Well, uh, since that's uh, all that we have to say, we have named
0: our shadows. We've named our picks of the week, and we told you about the books that are coming out next week. So that means tune in next week on Cult of Comics you can Da-da-da. find us on google podcast <laughs> google podcast podcast all the podcast locations except for stitcher because stitcher is a bastard you can check us out on youtube and if you find us there give us a like share subscribe follow but most importantly you want to give us a dollar dollar make me holler and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash you can find me on tiktok at telegram is here sean
2: you can find i can't do the voice <laughs> <laughs>
0: You started to <laughs> you started to do
1: something with that and it just fell
0: off. Yeah. that was great. Do it as oh, uh, do it as Sean Connery. You do it. I can't. He's doing red. Oh, I love it. Oh wait, let's just do sunburn. Yeah, my face is just red. <laughs> and yeah, look at that. Look at that. I know it's pretty noticeable. Uh, uh, Follow me
2: on Twitter at @shamor747.
0: Why are you even on Twitter anymore? Do you actually I don't use with it?
2: People? I, I'm yeah. not. I'm I'm going to stop shouting out on the show because I don't use it.
0: I'm banned. So I can't I've tried like filing uh, and they're like you tra- you, you target. Yeah you targeted this shit the young again.
2: Prince Philip. You struck him <laughs> this, down in this pride. A prince! A prince! You they targeted a prince. A
0: prince. They target I targeted harassed. I abused. You're responsible prince. for death. Can I hey. say I'm just a fucking murderer on social media. The Queen's coming to murder external. she were a- whoa. Okay, note, I'm gonna go pray for my life
1: and You go go apologize to 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 Angela Lansbury. I'll I'll
0: apologize to Angela Davis. Angela Bassett? Do you know who that is? Uh, Ooh, Angela Bassett. I like her. Yeah. All right, this has been the Colton Comics Podcast. Fuck off and (laughs) die. Yeah! (laughs) Woo!